In today's show, we recap the three games from Tuesday. We look at waiver wire trends, injuries to Zion Williamson, Kelly Oubre, and Marvin Bagley. We look at a trade. We have a question of the day. That's actually a lot for three-game day. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore bball, on TikTok at redrock underscore bball, and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. It's only three games on, so you might think it's a short show. Nah, there's so much stuff that happens, so we're going to talk about it right now. Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Injuries all over the place. We knew about Gordon Haywood. Hamstring. He's listed doubtful for tomorrow. I don't care. Like He's missing time, surely. Um, drop him. I don't have any problem with dropping him in 10 or 12 team legs. Gordon Haywood, he hasn't been playing well, and he's out. Kelly Oubre is out four to six weeks. Also, drop him. Yes. The caveat, if you have an open IL slot, hold him. I thought Oubre was going to trend towards a drop anyway. He already had trended towards a drop. Um, and he's going to be out long term. Like, see you later. Bye-bye. Don't need to worry about that. The beneficiary there is Jalen McDaniels. I know some people think you'll get huge minutes out of Dennis Smith Jr. I'm not one of those people. I, I don't believe they'll run Rogier, Ball, and Smith together for extended periods of time. What I do think this does is means that PJ Washington really won't play any center. That'll be all Plumlee and Williams. You'll get Washington and Thor playing the minutes at the four, and then you'll get McDaniels um, playing those minutes at the three with then players like Cody Martin, who's set to return to get those backup minutes there. So Smith will get his 19-20, but I don't think it'll be enough to be anything more than a stream guy. Marvin Bagley is out six to eight weeks with a broken hand injury. Obviously, we drop him. We surely dropped him weeks ago. But what, again, a lot of the initial, initial thought is, wow, now I've got to go grab Jalen Duran. Not yet to do that three weeks ago. I don't know how much this changes for Duran. Yes, I know the common narrative, and I am not a big fan of Dwayne Casey as a coach. You're well aware of this. Is that, oh, yeah, Bagley's holding Duran back. I don't actually believe that was the case. Duran was getting 30, 31 minutes a night anyway. And there was that one weird game where Duran got into foul trouble, and then um, they just went with the reserves. But literally last game, I think Bagley was out in that last game, and the same thing happened. It wasn't anything to do with we want to play Bagley more minutes. It was the bench unit was rolling, and they went in that direction in that game. So while it might be an extra minute or two for Duran, I don't think it actually changes his rest of season fortunes huge amount. Maybe they play Nerlens Noel as the backup center. I don't think he gets the full 18 minutes, though. What I do think is we get a couple of extra minutes for Isaiah Stewart as he gets some backup center minutes now when basically he wasn't playing any center at all. So he gets some backup center minutes. That means someone has to play more at the four, most likely. So that will maybe mean some extra minutes for Sadiq Bay, but he's not very good. And Isaiah Livers is returning soon, so maybe he gets those minutes. Maybe there's a boost for someone like Hamadou Diallo. But realistically, I think if Stewart was grabbed, it does solidify his value a bit. He gets a bump. Duran needed to be rostered anyway, so do it if that if you I don't know what you're waiting for. But if you're waiting for that bump there, you're going to add Duran. 
Um, maybe watch Noel in a deeper league. Bays maybe a 14 to 16 team league player, but that's the situation there. And then the big one, the big fella himself, Zion Williamson, is out at least three weeks. Talked about it yesterday. Hamstring, leave the game. You're probably looking at 10 days minimum. Three weeks. I think I actually said this on yesterday's show that you know, normally a standard recovery is 21 days for a hamstring, but the NBA never seems to abide by that. We'll talk about abiding by hamstring issues in a little bit when we talk about the Wizards game. Um, so Zion's out at least three weeks. You've got to think that's you know, closer to four, probably there. Um, obviously, that's bad news for the league, for the NBA, for the Pelicans, for fantasy managers. It's all, it's all really bad. I think you can still get away with buying low on Zion. I'd probably wait a week and a half or so to do that, to gain a little bit more value or, or a little bit more certainty with this. But what this means, I know a lot of people are going to be rushing, man, what does this mean? Larry Nance, must-add player. I don't think it changes Nance at all. In fact, I think there's a chance it makes it worse for him. As I've detailed so many times, Nance gets the minutes behind Valanciunas, doesn't really play next to him significant amounts at all. Zion has missed time this season already, and Nance didn't play you know, 27 next to Valanciunas at 27. It just didn't happen. So I'm not... I think Nance has his value in his own right. I don't think this gigantically changes it. Because as we've mentioned a lot of times, part of the reason why Nance gets those minutes is that him and Zion are a perfect fit. And then without Zion, you need Valanciunas' offensive output. So JB maybe gets to see a little bit more playing time, which might in turn hurt Nance. So Nance still has the same value, I think, that he had yesterday or the day before. That there might be a slight increase by one or two minutes, but there also might be the situations where they have to play Valanciunas more, which hurts him. And Nance is currently injured. Basically what happens is that Zion's out and then Ingram's going to return, probably start of next week, maybe, and Ingram takes Zion's minutes. So if you look at the last two games, Najee Marshall played 21 and 15 minutes. Look, Trey Murphy, must roster player, right? Must roster player. He has to be rostered because he won't lose out now when Ingram comes back. He'll just keep his same role. But Marshall, Najee Marshall might get an increased role in the next two to three games. But once Ingram is back, Marshall will play 20, 21, 22 minutes most likely, and that's not useful enough. So Herb Jones probably gets a little bit of a boost in usage, and then that'll come down when Ingram returns. So look, I still, as I talked about this yesterday, I would prioritize Murphy, Jones, and then Marshall, but Marshall won't last as a 12-team league player. A lot of people say, man, it's going to be Jackson Hayes now. I, get, I, I just don't think so. When Ingram is back and Nance is playing, I, I, what's Hayes going to play? 10 minutes maybe? Maybe? Even now, what does he play? 23, 24 minutes? There might be something for him in the next game. If Zion, Ingram, and Nance are all out, which they are, he might play 25 minutes in that game and he becomes a very interesting stream. But if you want to look at the long-term ramifications over the next four weeks, I don't think that Hayes is a long-term winner. I don't think that Najee Marshall is going to have that value. Now, that just changed in deeper leagues because Hayes goes from not even being a rotation player to getting some minutes. And Marshall goes from maybe 13 minutes to maybe 20 minutes. But that's a deeper league, longer-term thing. This short-term 12-team league appeal for Marshall or Hayes, I think lasts literally until Ingram returns and then it's done. And then when Nance is back, or Nance might be back before Ingram, like it hurts both of them. I'd love to hear your opinions. If you are watching on YouTube, drop them in the chat on the Charlotte situation, McDaniels versus Smith, on the Pissons situation, Durant, Stewart, Noel, and on the Pelicans situation, Murphy, Jones, Marshall, Hayes. How are you valuing these players? Um, Ingram did get some practice in, so that's a positive for him. But we still don't have a real sort of timetable on Ingram returning. It does feel like next week, and there's three more games this week. I don't think he plays them. Bowl is out for covid so he's going to miss Wednesday and Thursday. 
Um, and then everyone that's suspended is going to be back, and hopefully Suggs is back pretty soon. And Eddie's looking absolutely terrible for Bowles' rest of season value, in my opinion. If you did want to drop him, I think this might be the push that you need. I am in points league, no problem. Should have been dropped a few weeks ago. In a category league, I would, um, I'd be cautious, but I, it's very hard for me to see the path of him turning it back around. Darius Garland, doubtful again. That thumb injury continues to be a problem. So Karis LeVert, still out there to shoot 12%, but can get more minutes, more volume, more usage, more assists. And then um, in lesser news, not for him, I'm sure, but yeah, little Chungus Nikola Jovic has a stress reaction. He's back. He's out for at least four weeks. What this does mean is that someone like Orlando Robinson cements himself as the third string center and will be the backup center when Deadman is unavailable to play. And deeper leagues, you know what Orlando Robinson can do. He's been really solid when given that opportunity. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for all professional and amateur leagues out there, pro football, NBA, college basketball, and of course, the college football championship game. Since I last did this, the odds have actually changed. TCU is now only 12.5 point underdogs, a half point switch towards TCU's um, side. Very interesting. Georgia, 12.5 point favorites in the College Football National Championship playoff game. So if you want to check out that and all the other action, BetOnline has everything that you need. They're the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. And don't forget to gamble responsibly. Let's do the question of the day. I think this one's pretty easy. I think it is. Let me know. He was drafted out of USC. He was drafted by the Philadelphia 76ers. And the last team that he played for was the Chicago Bulls. Comments down below. Answers down below. Let's have a look at a trade from Cam Chan Lax. It's a points league trade. All right. He didn't give me what his points specific situation was. That's okay. We'll use Yahoo standards. He said, Clay Thompson for Chris Middleton. He's like, I want to do a buy low on Middleton, but I don't actually know what buy low means for him. Like, what's the value? So this, I thought this was interesting because Clay was on my sell high show earlier today. So let's have a look. Clay is averaging 30 fantasy points for the season. He's at 40.5 over the last two weeks. Middleton is averaging a putrid 21 fantasy points this season, but last year he averaged 36 fantasy points. So if we look at that and go, okay, Middleton averaged 36 with all of the doubts and the, the slow start and all that, I think it's unlikely that he gets to 36 again. So let's maybe look at him as a 33 fantasy point per game player. Maybe. And then Clay has been bad for a lot of the seasons, averaging 30, but he's up to 40 at the moment. So I don't think this is a buy low. It's definitely not a, it's definitely not a sell high on Clay Thompson because you're getting a guy that might actually underperform Clay rest of season. When I talk buy lows, it's about getting a situation where you feel really confident that you're going to win the trade. Obviously, the other person's going to feel confident that they win it, but this one, I, I don't feel confident that you win it. There's a chance. It's a coin toss. Maybe you want to do it just for shits and giggles, but Middleton, the health is not guaranteed. I don't know what's going on. The form wasn't great. Who knows when he's back, what he's going to do when he returns. And then for all of that, when he returns, it might not be better than the guy you gave away. Like to me, that is not a sell high or a buy low. In fact, that is a situation where maybe those guys end up ranked similarly. And I just wouldn't want to do it when more risk, amazingly, sits on the Chris Middleton side. But what do you guys think? Do you think this little hot streak from Clay is unsustainable? I do, but I don't think he drops down far enough. But where does Middleton sit? 
This is the problem with it, right? Buy low, you've got to go lower than this for Middleton for it to make any sense for me because you're the one taking on that risk by taking Chris Middleton because you don't know when he's going to be back or what he's going to look like or how long he's going to be limited or recurrence of this knee problem. You don't know any of that. So you're taking on the risk. It's not a 50-50 proposition. So I hope, I hope that makes sense. Waiver wire, most added players over the last 24 hours. A lot of the guys playing today. Grayson Allen up 16%. Denny Avdia up 15%. And with Brattles Beal re-injuring his hamstring, Avdia makes a little bit of sense. Even though there's only two games this week, I'd expect Beal, again, re-injuring it. I think he's got it. It's got to be a week to 10 days minimum, surely. Surely they're not going to be that stupid again, are they? Um, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Talk about him when we look at the Thunder game later on. He's up 12%. It makes sense to me. You know, I've been saying luxury stash, luxury stash. is probably higher than that now for a couple of weeks. No worries. Lou Dort up 11%. Stream for today. Rui Hachimura. Well, with Beal out, Hachimura's value does rise. He gets more shots. He gets more usage. The problem again here is I don't see him as a long-term top 100 player, much like with Avdia. So there is value while Beal is out, but with only one more game this week, it does get a little tough. Um, Kevin Love up 9%. That might blow up in your face, but if Mobley misses, then you've got good value. So it's not a bad uh, try uh, not a bad try there. Oladipo up 8%. Last two games are really strong for Vic. I'm not 100% convinced that he's back and he's doing this regularly, but it is worth a go, so that one makes sense. And Javon Carter, that's a stream for today, up 7%. Um, he started over Drew Holiday, but again, this is not a long-term solution. The most dropped players. Tory Craig down 12%. Totally understandable. Nas Reed down 11%. Ooh, I would have held on there. I, I don't know why he would have dropped Nas Reed. That doesn't make sense. KCP down 10%. I, I, I agree in principle, long-term, but they do have a back-to-back -back coming up Wednesday, Thursday, and KCP is going to be useful for Thursday. So I wouldn't have dropped there. Alec Burks down 8%. Alec Burks. Um, yeah, I think the Bagley injury might end up helping him because it means Bay plays more 3-4, not 2-3, and that can help Burks there. So, yes, Hayes' suspension is over. Burks, yeah, like, it's fine. He's probably more of just a points-type streamer. Mark Williams being dropped in a bunch of leagues. Oh, hi, Mark. I haven't been as disappointed with Williams' performances. Yes, he's not playing 24 minutes a night, but we never expected that. He is more luxury stash than 100% usable player at the moment. But if I added him, I'm not dropping him after two games. I'm not, anyway. Gordon Haywood down 7%. Totally agree. Norman Powell down 6%. Not a must roster player. And Zach Collins down 5%. That actually makes quite a bit of sense to me with Pirtle's minutes back up. You, Collins could be streamed in and out when there is low volume days for the Spurs. But as a must hold player, I don't think he really fits that uh, criteria. All right. Let's go to the first game of the night. It was a blowout. No, no Shea for the Thunder. So, of course, it was a blowout as the Thunder register 150 points and beat the Celtics 150 to 117. Not one person could have possibly seen this coming, like literally impossible to have predicted. Um, just an amazing result, honestly. That's a franchise record for the Thunder without Shea. It's just, it's a, it's, I, I'm looking at the score and still going, what, what, how? How did it happen? But it happened. Let's talk about the Celtics. There was no Rob Williams in this game who was out for knee management on a game that wasn't a back-to-back, -back, which should absolutely make you petrified. This is why I had no interest in drafting him in round nine or round 10. I had the same with Jaron Jackson. He's been great. But surgeries, knees, two months into the season returns, it's always a worry. Now, he's still... Uh, don't drop him. Don't drop him. Buy low on him, in fact. Um, but it's, it's the worry, yeah? That we just don't know what's going to happen with the recovery. And then when he plays, how long it's going to take. Uh, not, not great. Brogdon played 26 minutes, 17-9, two steals, a block. 
That's great. It was a blowout though, and Marcus Mark got ejected. So a few factors went into this. Now I don't think the Brogdon's going to remain a 12-team league guy as we move forward, but the Celtics do have two more quality games this week, so that's why you hold. You do the same with Grant Williams if for some reason you still have him. He went scoreless and had four rebounds and two assists. And Al Horford, useless. Like he is really struggling. Two and two in 22 minutes with no steals, no blocks. Go and look at his recent performances. He's not a top 100 player this season. I still do believe that he is a 12-team league hold. But in a 10, I'm not so sure about it. His ranking will be heavily inflated, and I've been by like 40 spots if you include turnovers. What's he averaging? Like eight, six, and two and a half. Is that is that good enough just so you can avoid turnovers? I can avoid turnovers when I'm playing someone. Like that, be really cautious with that. In a 10-team league, I'm not sure you need to hold. His shooting numbers, I think he's under 40% for the last month. He doesn't take any free throws at all. Again, no free throws here. In a 12, I would hold because I look at the waiver and go, who's actually better out there? But if you wanted to move on, I, I do get it because the production hasn't been there. And in a points league, well, that's totally okay. Um, Tatum had 27 and 6, not not terrible. In fact, it was pretty good. But he has been a little bit down lately, 44th over the last week, while Jalen Brown... JB, you've done it again. I needed to play 29 minutes because it was over. 29 points is great. 61% shooting is great. Unfortunately, he was 5 of 9 from the line, which is bad, and had no steals, no blocks, one rebound, two assists. So you look at that and you go, that's a great line. But from a category perspective, it's actually pretty poor because it hurts you in free throws. You don't get anything from rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, and you get two two category boost. So it's not as good as it seems. Um, Derek White had 8, 4, and 6 with two blocks. Maximum Derek. Part of the group that got benched, obviously, because they were getting blown out, so the reserves got it. He was getting the majority of those minutes over Brogdon. If you do have him, hold him. Again, the great schedule for the rest of the week. Two more quality games, and not many teams have that. But the Thunder. I don't know how to read into a lot of this. There was no Shea. They didn't start Trey Mann. They started a front court of Kenrich Williams and Aaron Wiggins. The Thunder undefeated when Aaron Wiggins starts this season. 32 minutes for Wiggins, 17-6, and six, two threes. He shot 88% to get here. His minutes are all over the place. He'll play 25, he'll play 10, then he'll play zero, then he'll play this, and he's that's good, but I don't trust it for a second. The Oklahoma City Mudflap played 24 minutes. Kenrich Williams, 10 and 5, two threes, 50% shooting. Pretty strong numbers. Trey Mann was amazing. 21 and 6, three steals, two blocks, five triples, 73%. The whole Thunder team just couldn't miss. They shot 60% as a team. The man situation was great here, but remember, it's Shea being out that enabled that to happen. If Shea misses another game with an illness, then you stream man in, but that's about it. Giddy had just, he blew up completely. I think he said 17 and a quarter. He ended up with 25, five and five, two steals, three threes. He only played 24 minutes. He's 71st this season. While it was looking pretty rough at the start of the year, that ranking or ADP of around 60 for Giddy, it might not be too far off. Lou Dort also had a strong game, 23-5-3 with two steals. Points league, sure. Categories, I'm not that interested. But let's go to the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. 33 minutes, 21 points, three rebounds, six assists, four steals, 59% from the field. Unfortunately, just 33 from the line. But he continues to be really strong. Top 50 again, as I said, over the last week. That's going to extend out to the next two weeks. He's still not hitting threes at a strong enough rate, but he's up to 33% over the last little bit of time. So that's an improvement. The steals are good. The assists were really good here. Again, Shea's out. So the fact that he led the team in shot attempts is not a realistic scenario as we move forward. 
But I do believe, as I have believed for a few weeks now, that, Bron- that the Broncos should be rostered in basically all leagues. Um, the luxury stash tag is probably removed, but he's still sort of sitting there. But we're seeing consistent improvement for him. And I have been on and going on and on about this. It's about trying to recognize trends and micro trends. And that's been trending up. It's not under the radar anymore. He's still available. Like, he's still available. Probably won't be after tonight. But also remember, Shea will return and um, reduce this production down. Let's go to the next game, which was the Wizards and the Bucks. Milwaukee gets the victory in the end, 123-113. And Bradley Beal returned from a very short absence due to hamstring tightness and hurt the hamstring again. Let's just rule him out for, for 10 days here. Like, why are we doing this? How many hamstring issues is this bloke going to have this season? And I think they're managing it poorly. I don't know why they just don't sit guys out for a prescribed amount of time to let it heal. It, any sort of soft tissue leg injury. Devin Booker's groin. Beal's hamstring times too. Happens too often. Beal played 13 minutes for eight points. It's frustrating. So with him out, we know where the value improves. It goes to Denny Avdia, who had 12, 5, and 3 in 28 minutes. I don't know if we'll get a diagnosis on Beal anytime soon, but yes, there is only more one, one more game for the Wizards this week, but I think the absence extends into next week, so Avdia is worth looking at. Hachimura wasn't able to replicate his heroics. He had 12 and 3 with three threes. We know what he does. It's points and nothing else. That's not true because he hit threes. But the efficiency wasn't there and the usage wasn't as good as we wanted it to be. But if you're in a points league with Beal likely to be out, sure, go ahead. Kuzma just brutalized you. 20 points. Yeah, that's great. 36% on 28 attempts is so bad. No steals, no threes, four rebounds. He did have two blocks. He continues to be really solid, but there's going to be these stinkers from him. What well, Porzingis had 22 and 9. Monte Morris, value up with Beal out. Let's go with him. 8, 8, and 6. And Dan Gafford had to leave the game late to go to the locker room with an elbow issue. He played 29 minutes though, 11 and 12. He is a 12-team league guy. I, I, You know what I'm going to say? I do not care that there is one more game this week. In fact, if he does have an elbow issue that makes him questionable, you don't lose that much. Then maybe he's back next week full strength. He should be on a 12-team league roster. He is a top 50 player over the last week. He needs to be on a 12-team roster. If they're going to run him like this with these minutes, Gafford is a 12-team guy. I don't really see the debate. One of the best steals guys out there, Delon Wright, had another three of them. He only played 17 minutes. Maybe he gets a boost with Beal out, but I don't think that they're ready to push that. But the steals are going to be useful. We'll keep an eye on his playing time, though. Corey Kispert doesn't do anything. 12 points, two threes. Like, that's about what he'd do if he started anyway. I don't really have the excitement of adding him. But the Bucks, the big fella, Yanni. Giannis, this is just an amazing line from him. 55, 10, and 7. 61 from the field, but 15 of 16 from the line. That's 94%. You don't get that from him too often. There was no Drew... Uh, sorry, there was no Chris Middleton. Um, so Bobby Portis got 28 minutes, 17 and 13. He's a great source of double-doubles. He's getting good rebounds. I still don't know how it's going to go rest of season, but they're not healthy, so keep riding with him. Brooke Lopez, 21 and 12 with another six blocks. Man, that's ridiculous. Well, Drew Holiday, only 19 minutes recovering from the illness. I wonder if him and Giannis play tomorrow. That is going to be a big question. Um, Six points for Drew. Don't do anything panicky there. Grayson Allen was terrible. Three points, 11%. He's just a dice roll streamer when players are out or on low volume days. Javon Carter did nothing. Zero points in 23 minutes. It was only worth a crack because Drew was coming off the bench. 
and see tomorrow. If guys sit, then maybe we look at him there. Ingles had 6-3-4, and four, 18 minutes. I expect that Ingles does not play tomorrow. And that would give a little bit of extra time to Marjoram Beauchamp. So if you are in a deeper format and you do have an active spot, maybe try it. But remember, there's 12 games tomorrow. So you're probably not going to have that ability to try someone like that and see how it goes with those uh, bulk 12 games on. All right, the last game. Crazy finish in this one. Go watch the end of it if you haven't seen it. Lowry Markkinen, game-winning three, ruled too late. So the Kings win 117-115, like the beam. 39 minutes for Sabonis. He is playing an absolute ton of minutes, and it's resulting in big numbers. Now, today it resulted in only numbers in the big categories, points, rebounds, and assists. No threes, no steals, no blocks. But at least he was perfect 5 of 5 from the line and 62% from the field. 21-14-8. and eight. Well, Darren Fox had a quietish start. And then dropped in 20 points in the fourth quarter to end up with 37, 3, and 6, one steal, two blocks. And his shooting was amazing as well. 68% on 22 attempts and 75 from the line. Keegan Murray won the Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Congratulations to him. I think what it shows is the state of the rookies in the Western Conference isn't particularly strong. November's was Jalen Williams and December's was Keegan Murray. And I would say Murray's had a, like not a great month, but he won it. And he was all right here. 16 and 5, three threes, 50% shooting, one of his better games. I still am not convinced to add him in 12 team leagues. Well, the pencil, Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. One of the better games that he's had recently 19 and 8, three threes, and two steals on really good shooting. Before this game, Barnes was the 196th ranked player over the last week. He was 142nd for the entire season in category leagues and 133rd in points leagues. Like, that's not a must roster player, and I don't think it changes. Fanta Pants was questionable. Kevin Herter coming into this game. He had 16 points, two threes. We know what he does. He's on a little bit of a hot streak, and that is always going to fluctuate back and forth. He does remain a 12-team league player, though. Well, Malik Monk really shit the bed. Like, it was, it was the right move to stream him in. Big opportunity, three games on, and he had two points in 15 minutes. Like, 14%. He is relegated to streamer now. Like, I don't think he's a must-roster player. He can be rostered, but I don't think he has to be. He's been... Cooling off quite a bit lately. And if you did add Trey Lyles, again, you shouldn't have, but two and two in nine minutes. You can move on from him. For the Jazz, Conley. It was rocky, a little period there when he came back from his injury, but 18, one and seven, three steals, two threes, 60% shooting. Really starting to push along now with some good numbers. While Markinen, 28 and eight, a little bit empty outside of that, but you love the 15 of 15 from the line. It was a great game for Malik Beasley, especially considering he was a great guy to add this week with four quality games. 31 minutes, 16 and 6, three threes, two steals, one block. Keep rolling with him this week because you've got that opportunity. We thought Nikhil Alexander-Walker would get into the rotation with Sexton out. We were right. He was just dreadful. Four points, one rebound, one assist, and 20% from the field and 33 from the line. Horrific night. Now, if you did add him, the value here is that he plays Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and I don't think it can get worse. The guy who maybe was a threat to take minutes, Oshai Baji, was worse. Seven trillion for him. So if I did add Alexander Walker for the quality games, this is a stinker, but I probably will hold. So I won't find anyone else who's going to give me that same value. The man on the street, Jordan Clarkson. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. 24 points with not much else there, while Walker Kessler had some foul trouble early on. I think he had three fouls in the first 11 minutes or so. Ended with 17 minutes, six and seven, two steals and a block. That's totally reasonable. It's okay. I believe he's a 12-team league guy. I think he would have played more than that had it not been for the fouls. Well, Jared Vanderbilt Bar had 14 and 9 to steal and a block. 
that's pretty good from Vanderbilt. I would prefer Kessler in category leagues over um, Vanderbilt. In points leagues, I'd probably switch it. But there is going to be back and forth here for sure. And again, I'll say it again because people still don't necessarily believe this. Maybe I'll be wrong on this, but they seem to think, well, as soon as Olenek gets traded, then Kessler's going to fire up. But I, I don't think they'll want to do that and start Kessler and Vanderbilt together. Kessler and Vanderbilt are the guys sharing minutes, not Kessler and Olenek. That might change, but I don't think they'd want two of those guys who can't shoot. As for Olenek, not a bit these best knife. Five points on 29%. He had six rebounds, four assists, and a steal, and does remain... Does remain a 12-team league must-roster player. That'll take us into the lines of the night. The Monstrous does go to Giannis Antetokounmpo. The waiver wire line of the night and the young gun of the night do go to Trey Man. Trey Man? Trey Man. It goes to Trey Man, and the dud of the night is Malik Monk. Your top 10 players today in category leagues. Number one was Giannis, followed by Brook Lopez, Trey Man, DeMontis Sabonis, De'Aaron Fox, Josh Giddy, Christos Porzingis. Bobby Portis, Harrison Barnes, and Malcolm Brogdon. Top 10 players rostered in under 50% of leagues. It was man. Like if Shea is out, we can stream him. That's about it. Aaron Wiggins, really good. I don't trust it at all. Pig Williams at number three. Yeah, don't trust it. Kenrich Williams, oh, guess what? Don't trust it. Isaiah Joe, also don't trust it. The top five players were Thunder guys. It was a weird game. They scored a million points. A lot of players were out, and they were to put up numbers. But I don't trust a single one of those guys to be 10 or 12 or probably even 14-team league guys. Joe Ingles was at 6. Probably doesn't play tomorrow. Not worth an ad. Peyton Pritchard at 7. No. Blowout numbers. Pat Connaughton, not interested. Dillon Wright, maybe. The steals are useful enough. And Davion Mitchell put together some good defensive numbers. Your top 10 players in points leagues um, for today was Giannis at 1, Brook Lopez 2, Fox 3, Sabonis 4, the Bronco Jalen Williams at 5, Trey Mann at 6, Bobby Portis at 7, Josh Giddy at 8, Zingas at 9, and Malcolm Brogdon at 10. And that will do it for me today. I'm not quite going to get out of here in under 30 minutes, but we almost got there. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up and leave those comments down below. Guys, oh no, I forgot something. The answer to the question of the day. It is. The answer of the player who went to USC, was drafted by the Sixers, and last played for the Bulls is... Is Bulls, 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 it. Boots a bitch. Perk, I almost forgot. Um, all right, that'll do it. Guys, follow, subscribe, like, comment. We're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.